0: Welcome to the Minnesotan Pod. Today we bring in UMD women's coach Mora Kroll. Mora is entering her eighth season with the Bulldogs where she has led them to three NCAA tournaments, one runner-up last spring in State College, Pennsylvania. Our conversation today will be on her role at UMD, the progress of the women's game, and some juicy nuggets on the recent changes with the NCAA. Hope you enjoy today's show. Well, Moore, how are you doing today?
1: Yeah, I'm doing great.
0: Good. Uh, I got you all dialed up on a camera. You're looking good. Uh, we're <laughs> gonna have some fun here. Um, so, how is your summer going so far this summer?
1: Summer's been good. Goes by fast, and classes are starting here on the 29th. So it's uh, it's come to a quick close.
0: Are your student athletes here on campus already?
1: Yeah, they're trickling in. We had a couple uh, weddings in the past week. Wow. Yeah. We of past two, players. Uh, just graduated. Jaguere just graduated, and really? Fine, yeah. I had. Uh weddings a week apart so we i was at the one uh, this past Saturday Klein, so saw most of the girls there oh, that's awesome yeah pretty that fun is awesome pretty
0: fun and you said that you uh grew up and we'll get back to the east coast you said you maybe spent some time on the cape too uh, with family yeah yeah that's pretty cool
1: pretty nice yeah very
0: fortunate that's pretty cool and you have your own beach apparently there you don't have to wait <laughs> i don't know about I, that but i'm joking And <laughs> we were laughing before we started the show i was i went to cape cod and we had to wait in line park our car which would be like it was like an hour and you said well some people have their own private beaches or something like that well right?
1: that and you don't show up on a Saturday at 10 a.m <laughs> thinking you're gonna roll into the beach <laughs> yeah
0: silly me silly me so well that's a good start though I mean I'm glad I had some spent some time actually with Boston at the men's frozen four mm-hmm. I've been out in Boston quite a bit the last year this is where you grew up you grew up in the south part of boston you're not a Southie, though
1: no i, I became one when i was at umass boston yes. that's where i was living but no i grew up in mansfield
0: okay so tell us what mansfield looks like yeah. uh, east coast wise compared to let's say the twin cities or, or minnesota
1: yeah a typical suburb of a city um i wouldn't say it's very descriptive just you know middle class A lot of sports, a lot of activities, soccer, baseball, softball. Hockey wasn't so big in Mansfield when I was growing up, which will lead to all the the reasons why I was out of the house early. Um, But my family still lives there. My mom's still there. My brother lives there now. So uh, I still get back, and it's nice that we're in the same house.
0: So how far – when, when there was a Red Sox game yep. or a, a Bruins game or whatever. Yeah. Was that within reach for you to go do something like that? Or was that kind of like an, an affair? Like a, we a have to get deal. up big deal, right? It was right? a
1: big deal. We would take the train. It was a special event. Yeah. Uh, I remember those times very vividly in my head going with my, my dad or my brother or my mom and the whole family. And it was like a big night in the city. Right. So we didn't we didn't go to Boston often.
0: Okay, yeah. But the Patriots was pretty close to where you grew up. Very close, right? But impossible. That probably to wasn't get tickets. But that still <laughs> was a little bit more within reach. Yes. had you had tickets, right? Because yes. for uh, what's it called Fox Foxborough Borough Stadium, pretty close yeah. to yeah. where you grew up.
1: Now it's Gillette, but yeah, it's the town next to us. Yeah, okay. So I, figured I figured it was close. I
0: figured it was close. Okay, so talk about sports. You said you had, you told me before, you had two older siblings.
1: Three, three. I have an older brother and then two older sisters. Yeah, the
0: two older sisters yep. and the older brother, right. Yeah. And, and then your older brother. Yep. Um, now, did they play sports?
1: Um, my sisters, no. My brother, yes, but not um, not to the level of playing in college or uh, beyond high school.
0: Okay. And then, um, so where did you get your love for sports? Because I'm guessing, yeah. I know you played field hockey on top of ice hockey, correct? I
1: did in high school. I played field hockey and lacrosse and um, a little bit of golf, played baseball, softball when I was little. We skied. You know, yeah. A little bit of everything. My neighborhood was really fun. Tons of kids. Uh, quiet streets, so we could play, you know, street hockey, we could play basketball, we could play football, tag football, things like that. Um, So that was a really fun way to grow up. And hockey, my dad played uh, his whole life, his whole family played, and he played in college, so that kind of fueled that fire for me.
0: Did he play, like, old man hockey, or had he given it up by the time you were born?
1: He gave it up, yeah. He wasn't one to to go to the rinks unless it was with us right so my yeah. point is like
0: it wasn't like coaching you or getting you on the ice wasn't kind of like a a pain this was a probably probably passion got to juiced him up pretty good yeah right?
1: passion yeah he grew up on ponds so we tried to get out to the to the ponds with him when i was little little and uh you know he never he never actually coached me uh, i think he might have coached my brother but he didn't coach me which i think i appreciate
0: Right. Did he play with you in the in the backyard or the ponds or the parks or any of that stuff? Oh, yeah. He would yeah. get out
1: there with us, yeah, in, in, in the driveway. he I, We had steel pucks, you know. It was back really? in the day where those were like, oh, yeah, you got, got, a, have steel pucks. You got a stick handle with the steel pucks yeah. and weighted sticks and things like that. We, he would have us working hard in the driveway.
0: Okay. <laughs> um, and was hockey always your favorite sport? Mm,
1: I think so. Yeah, I think so. I liked I, I liked everything. I really liked skiing, but that conflicted with hockey as I yes, got older, did. obviously. I played basketball. I loved basketball. Softball was probably my second favorite. Um, I was a catcher and really enjoyed that. Would have played that in high school, but my, my high school didn't have softball at the really? time. So that's where uh, the field hockey lacrosse kind of came in.
0: Got it. Okay. Yeah. So... I want to talk about, because there's going to be kind of a theme here of girls slash women's hockey um, that I want to talk about. Um, But this will be the first part of that theme is, is when you played hockey, let's talk about the first time you said, Dad, I want to play, or your dad said, do you want to play? What, what, let's get to that one first. Because oh, it's I a little see. different, especially, like, you graduated high school in 1998, yep, correct? Yep, So, that would have, you got to back out, like, 10 years from there. That's Somewhere 1988, in the 80s. right? Yep. That is not exactly <laughs> a, uh, a mainstream decision, athletic decision, correct? Not at all. Okay. So, um, let's start there. Okay. And then we'll, we'll progress forward from there. Well, so.
1: I've heard this story many times because... Um, I started figure skating, of like course. a lot of females, yep, and yep. Um, we, got, uh, we got a skating coach, and, you know, I was, I was like, oh, but I want the black skates, mom and dad, <laughs> I want the black ones, and they were like, okay, and they asked my skating coach, my figure skating coach, will you teach her in the hockey skates, she said, ah, I like her, so I will teach her, but she has to do the, the final recital uh the final figure skating recital yeah and that was the deal so i did that and, and she was great she you know uh, i think we rented out the center circle and that was it during public skating right and that's where i learned uh, you know i obviously was pushing chairs and doing things like that but that's right. where i really really dug into the edges and the crossovers and yeah and building that foundation and uh i went to the black skates and never turned back
0: and then when did you get a stick
1: Pretty soon after that, that I don't have the vivid, uh, memory of when I got the stick, but my dad was really big on, and he still, he passed this summer, but my, uh, my nephew is learning to skate and he, he kept saying, ah, they keep pushing the sticks and the pucks. He's really got to spend some time just skating pushing the chair they don't have the chairs anymore they yeah. they have these other things but he was uh, he was frustrated that they were so quick to put the stick and the puck in his hands really yeah so he's he's big on you know having that foundation of, of skating and i think yeah. that's so critical because balance you can't get to a, a to b it doesn't really matter how no, good your I, hands are so
0: i'm always when i'm broadcasting games or observing games i I I see the kids who have the best balance, and balance is one of those things, like, you know, balance is a a, a wonderful thing, but, like, the kid who can't, boy or girl who can't get knocked off of his skates, wins so many puck battles, wins so much in front of that. Totally. You know, balance is such a key thing. It is. Um, So, I'm assuming uh, in the late 80s, early 90s when you started, you were playing with boys. I was, yeah. Okay. And how did you like that?
1: I loved it. I loved it. I uh, I grew up. The neighborhood I was in was mostly boys. Uh, I had the older brother, um, so I was very comfortable with the boys, probably more so than the girls at that age. Right. So we had a blast. They always took care of me and looked out for me. Uh, that was the kind of relationship we had. And I never wanted uh, special treatment. Right. I, I I remember one of my coaches was sort of favoring me, and in a a way I didn't want him to like cutting me slack and I I told him not to do that anymore (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah I thought it was great
0: and so the system and in the I'm kind of doing a little study on this anyway on Massachusetts and prep school hockey the the system there was it were you playing a double a or a triple a level of hockey when you got to 10u or 12u hockey
1: there wasn't that label
0: Really? Yeah. Okay, no uh, labels. It was, a, okay. it was
1: A, like might A. Yeah, actually there was might A, wee A, that was the top, and okay. then it was B.
0: Okay, kind of more like Minnesota, in yeah, All I right. Yeah, I think all so. Right.
1: Now that you jog my memory, it was a while ago. Yeah, so
0: <laughs> when you uh, – tell me about your experience. was it? Uh, were you playing year-round? Were you – playing other, you know, other sports. Right. What was, what young, was the young, system?
1: Pre, pre high school. You're talking. Yeah.
0: Like, like youth hockey, 10U, yeah. 12U.
1: No, it was the great balance back, yes. back when it was more pure and, and you played for the love of the game.
0: And I you should was, get the violin right out right now. Right. <laughs> 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 I'm <Yep>. aging myself, <laughs> yes. but
1: no, it was fun. It was, it was hockey season. Um, I think we started in the fall. And so the summer we'd play baseball, softball, uh, hockey through the winter, and then I yeah I didn't play soccer or anything in the fall. So then I'd pick back up with baseball, softball, that kind of thing in the yeah. spring. And then the summer was like going to the Cape and yeah. being a kid.
0: Yeah, wow, well, this <laughs> sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Um. So you you multi sport athlete. Now this is where it gets serious. Is yep. uh, thirteen years old. Mm-hmm. Um. I I even charted out where mansfield and southboro were, wow, that's they were impressive. it's 34 miles I'm like, yep. well, some of these people do day school right, right? it's called day school prep school right. you know and i'm looking i'm like she's from mansfield that's a long drive and yeah. then, so the first question i asked you when i got here today was like how did you did you leave your parents in like ninth grade right
1: yeah yeah it was wild that's pretty
0: it's, it's way more common Yes. It's very uncommon in Minnesota. Right. Very common in, so you weren't a weirdo, you know. I
1: kind of was because I was not in a circle um, like my friends in Mansfield and uh, close friends from hockey. You know, it just, it wasn't the norm to go away at 14 because there are plenty of day schools, like you mentioned. But I went on a visit to St. Mark's and I loved it. And they had a pretty good hockey team at the time, and uh, we decided that boarding was a good option. And then you get there, and oh, okay, all these pe- all these people are are boarding too, and you sort of meet more people that are doing it, so it feels normal. But it it was a big deal when I left home.
0: Yeah, okay, big deal from uh, the external big deal or internal in your family or big deal for you probably all of the above
1: all of the above i'm the baby of the family you know spoiled rotten (laughs) i told you my mom's italian so you know and a bit of a daddy's daddy's girl so uh leaving home was was hard for me probably harder for them yeah yeah
0: but so you must have wanted it
1: i did because i knew that was going to be the avenue to college
0: hockey All right. That was that was And that's what you wanted. What age did you decide? Mora said, I wanna play college hockey was it?
1: Yeah, probably well before that. Really? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So we were we're gearing up for this. I went I played for Assabet Valley, which is a a really good girls hockey program. But it was, you know, an hour and a half each way to get to practice. Uh, ah. um, so I did that post peewee, you know, once it went to hitting on the boys side, I played ass a bit for a couple of years and the drive was just too much. And then
0: what city was that in?
1: It's in Concord, Mass.
0: Okay. That's North, right?
1: Yeah. That's like North N- of downtown Paul Revere type <laughs> stuff, you know, Concord, <laughs> yeah. Lexington. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's up there.
0: That's a, that's a hall. Yep. Okay. So going there here's there's a St. Mark's question I have for you. When you got there. Uh, it's either, uh, he says it's heaven or hell, but like, it's like, it must've been some great because so many of the kids were in the same exact position in life that you were, Mm -hmm. they were maybe a little scared, Mm -hmm. uh, but really, really excited for the athletic, Or extracurricular. That's the that's the sense I get when I go visit kids at Shattuck or visit game play, watch games at Shattuck. I'm like, these kids are here all alone, but they're all together too, Mm -hmm. and they're all kind of like minded for us whatever sport it is. Is is, is that an accurate take? What you were facing?
1: Yeah, I think Shattuck is such a sports crazy school that some of the prep schools out east are a little different. Where I had a lot of academic type kids in my class way smarter than I (laughs) ever been surrounded by and that pushed me academically um, but the hockey team the girls women's hockey team at the time was really really strong so once you know you do your fall sport when you get there you're not with your hockey team I did you know, JV Field Hockey started learning how to play that. Is it
0: required to do a sport? Yeah. Okay, Three all right. Three seasons. So even the academic kids, has got to go oh, run yeah. cross-country or ugly, something? but
1: yeah, they're out there doing something. <laughs> so <laughs> I it's, love it. So it's all part of the, the philosophies, you know, being active. And um, I, th- I love that because I think athletics is so important in life. So, yeah, everybody has to play sports. Um, so Field Hockey. And then finally, once the winter starts rolling around in November, that's where you – get to spend more time with your your people right
0: yeah right, okay all right so what was it like uh to to play and i know you had played some girls only hockey but yeah. now this is like serious stuff is the league you play in is it a state league or is it a new england league because sometimes it gets a little blurry for us
1: yeah it's uh it was the isl still is independent school league so it's a grouping of the prep schools out there so different based on location you're in different leagues so uh we played the isl league and had some great competition you know um and i was a freshman on a a older varsity team i think i was the only freshman on the team so that was just eye-opening in a lot (laughs) in a lot of ways and uh some of my players went on to play in college you know at bc a couple of them and um, they're good players so it was it was awesome i loved it
0: all right um was the was the ninth grade playing with 12th graders an adjustment for you um only, Maturity in, the, wise? only
1: in the social sense but i i think i always sort of got along with older kids anyways because yeah. that was kind of my house and neighborhood um so i really liked it and i, I was good friends with the older players and competitively we were similar in terms of talent yeah so um i think i earned my stripes quickly
0: all right so we're going to jump off the tracks just for a second here i I look at your the roster of the the bulldogs i don't see a lot of isl kids (laughs) True or false? Like, totally true. Okay, yeah. uh, and maybe is there a reason for that? Or
1: well, we are in in the state of hockey out
0: okay, here. Okay, all, right, right? all right, all right, <laughs> I was setting it up for you. Just setting it up for
1: you. We do have one basket.
0: Do you? Yeah. Okay, all right, all right, right. yeah, all right. I was like, I, it, it just hit me right there when you said, "Oh, the ISL and it's all good hockey." I was yeah. like. that'd be a good recruiting advantage (laughs) to bring kids here and it's one of i mean i'm not pumping your tires too much it's one of the top five programs in the country right umd so it's not like it's like where am i going oh no we
1: get we get emails from all over the world but a lot from the east coast too but you know we have some really good hockey right here in our backyard yes
0: we do yes we do that's we're here to pump okay (laughs) all right um all right so we go to st mark's um, did you guys ever have, is there like a league championship, a state championship, a crowning athletic yeah, achievement Yeah, we didn't win the
1: whole thing. We had a great, I do know are bringing me back. Sorry. I, we had a great playoff run that first year is when we were, we were the best because we had those older players that I was talking about. Um, man, and I think we lost to Lawrence and they had a Lawrence Academy. Probably mm-hmm. haven't heard of that one, but, um, they had some really good players there too. So. I remember a really competitive (laughs) game at some point in the playoffs, but no titles. And then it was a build after those guys graduated. Really? And so the leadership, um, you know, I had a lot on my shoulders as a sophomore, junior, and senior. Okay. Yeah, which was great um, in a lot of ways. Probably helped me sit in the seat that I'm in now, but didn't didn't come with a lot of wins. Yes, (laughs) okay.
0: Um, All right, so... Is it let's it, it just as long as we're in the in New England for, for a brief minute here, mm-hmm. um, is it every female hockey player's dream that lives there to play for BC BU Northeastern? Is that is that a is that kind of the, what they you know kind of like it is here for to play for for UMD Wisconsin Minnesota? Is is that kind of a mindset?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so, and depending on your your academic. Background: Harvard's probably on that list. But back when I was growing up, you know, BU didn't have a team. Okay. Uh, BC was getting going. Like I mentioned, a couple of my teammates went there. But um, the the long storied successful programs were uh, UNH, probably Yeah, well, they were first. Brown. Yeah. Brown was a place that I I definitely was interested in. Um, and and Harvard was getting on that list. They were starting to get going around that time
0: okay all right just just curious yeah. how that works all right nope. so then walk through your recruitment you said you had a rebuilding program after your freshman year yeah. um were you noticed right away were you recruited right away or did it was it were you a late developer how did that work
1: no they had these big christmas tournaments and they still do um but back then it, it was just limited in terms of showcases and tournaments so there were right. a few and big Christmas tournament you got to show up I remember my dad (laughs) talking to him about it I'm like dad I'm still only 14 I think it'll be all right yeah but that's where all the college coaches show up for you know the first time in in your life and that's a whole that's a whole nother uh deal that you have to figure out how to manage when they're all along the glass for these kids now, I was just going to talk about the normal. jackets,
0: right? I call but it the jackets, right? You yeah. see the jackets, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. You see the jackets. Oh, yeah. Now you're a jacket. I know. I know. Do you realize what that's doing to these
1: I try to young stay low-key, but I got to get close so I can see what's happening. But if you're hot <laughs> on yeah.
0: the recruiting trail for yeah. a player... And you have, by NCAA rules, only seven views during yep. those the legal times. Right. The jacket is important. Oh,
1: it's very important. And as your jacket changes, the looks change.
0: Yes. I'll tell you that.
1: I've worn a few different jackets in my time. And the the get, UM
0: Boston? The I, <laughs> <Mass> <laughs> Boston
1: jacket. When I went from UMB to, to Harvard and UMD, boy. The I, yeah, the looks. The looks yeah, change. A lot more people kind of hanging around me.
0: Yes. <laughs> Did, I knew that was coming but yeah. that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. All yeah. right, so so walk through the recruitment process. Yeah. How did you end up in Colgate?
1: Very different. So I lived uh in a in a dorm with one phone. So one phone oh. in the hallway and we had study hall so we were locked down for certain hours. 7:30 to nine- <laughs> line one. Yes. Yes, yeah. 7:30 to 9:50 yeah. every night we were in study hall. Um and and at the end of that, or right before it, the phone would be jammed. Everybody's talking to somebody. But anyway, someone said, "Yeah, yeah, more someone's on the line for you." And the phone swinging, you know, on the old cord, yep. just swinging along the hallway, and you pick it up, and it's college coaches. <laughs> so it's just kind of a funny image. Uh, yeah. Versus so what it's what like do you, now.
0: So how many schools were looking at you? Was it oh, everyone nice. in the country?
1: I started with a big list. Prep schools kind of encourage you have your your four safety schools, your four yeses, and your four, um, you know, long shots. So I probably applied to 12 to 15 schools. And uh, I wound up at Colgate because, man, I went up there for a visit and it just felt right. And I had talked to the coach uh, who I later worked for at Connecticut College, the assistant coach. I talked to her quite a bit and Really, just felt a connection and went there, loved it, and the rest is history.
0: Tell me about the town. Is it Hamilton? Hamilton, is right? yeah. So tell me about the town, the environment.
1: I, small town, middle of nowhere.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. It was so funny is uh, I just did a pod about six months ago with uh, Mike um, Terwilliger, who went to Saint Lawrence. Okay. And he was describing Saint Lawrence as a small town. Yeah. The college is kind of the town yep. kind of thing, and it's in upstate New York, and I know they're close. I don't close. know if they're, they're close-ish, yeah. right? So,
1: yeah, Colgate is technically central New York. Yes, they were it is. Very particular. About yes, that. It is, I don't know it's, it's
0: really not near Albany. It's not right. really near Buffalo.
1: Right. It's forty-five minutes from Syracuse. Um, okay. And you get off the turnpike, and you've got about another two hours to go. So I, you know, the first time I went, I was falling asleep in the car and waking up and looking around. I'm like, Still farms, Dad. Where? where yeah. is this place, and then finally, boom! It's this beautiful campus in the middle of nowhere. But there's this beautiful town uh, built up around it, and it's usually ranked, you know, one of the most beautiful campuses in America. Uh, just the right size for me. Also had the frat row, which looked really? really fun. Yeah. Um. And and hockey, the program on the women's side was kind of just getting going. Uh, men's side had a good good history yep. so uh, i knew uh, athletics was a big piece of the colgate experience whether it was football or other sports so i just fell in love with it and had a great experience
0: all right um at what point oh i, I know i already know the answer to this sort of um did you okay after graduating from colgate yep uh as a german major, was mm. that your major mm-hmm. german mm-hmm. seriously German.
1: I know, I know, and I'm not German.
0: All right, you're not German. I
1: started it in high school because there were four (laughs) kids in the class, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to learn a lot in this class. Sounds super nerdy, but my parents were spending a lot of money to send me to prep school.
0: I like it. So, All right, so here's a trick question for you. You probably didn't expect this one today. All right, so you graduated 22. uh, It's been 20-some years. How much German? (laughs) is in your brain today oh
1: it's a struggle it's a struggle is it's it kinda really sad well laura stalder was on our team here yep. when i got here and she's swiss but swiss german yep. it's a little bit different but yep. she would have understood and we didn't speak a lot of german <laughs>
0: <Really>? <laughs> let's just
1: put it that way yeah really? i mean it's hard to jump back yeah. into communicating i can read it Um, I could probably write, but having a casual conversation, that takes some
0: time. And and, in your travels, in your life now, I mean, with a child and recruiting. Right. And it's a very, very, very active job. Yeah. You're right. Like you're never sitting still very often. Germany's not necessarily a hotbed where you're going. (laughs) No. Right? No, no. I had a chance to go to Balzano, Italy. Beautiful. And the closest major airport was I think it was Munich. Yeah. And so I got to go to Germany for like two days. Cool. And that's the closest I and my and my last M German. And like that okay. was the closest I got. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, thank God I didn't have to speak German for more than 48 <laughs> hours. Because I would have been lost. I was totally lost.
1: Right. Diff- well, there's not,
0: my point there's not a lot of German being spoken. Correct. In, even in the West. Right. You know. Yeah. So.
1: It's true. That's what, it's kind of unique. I like doing some different things. Not everybody's taking Spanish and French at the right. time. I wanted to do something different. And when I got to college, I found out that I could jump to the 200 levels. Yes. And then I was like, oh, I'll finish my requirements early and get to pick a bunch of classes that I want to take when I'm older. Yep. So that kind of helped. That, that, good. good. Good strategy. strategy.
0: All yeah. right, so you're a German major – where do you go right after college what are you going to do with a german major
1: i was not sure i was looking at all sorts of interesting jobs i, I actually interviewed for a translation company in new york city thank god i didn't get that job <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: i was like oh, yeah maybe i'll work for the biggest airlines um but yeah it it didn't work out, and I found my way back at St. Mark's doing part-time coaching. After a year, right? Uh, right out of college, Yeah.
0: So, you're saying June after college?
1: June after college, I dabbled to, to a little bit. Yeah, to September. So, like
0: a three month kick at the can? R- roughly. <laughs> wow. Roughly. You really gave it a yeah, try. I know, I know. So, maybe, I feel like you're psychologist right? When we're on couches. <laughs> uh, so, maybe deep down, somewhere in your inner cortex, you went, I'm really going to coach, but I'll try this college grad thing for a couple months.
1: Yeah, exactly. All right, all right, all
0: right. I think it worked
1: out pretty well. Oh yeah,
0: (laughs) I think it did. I I really do. Okay, so you end up back at St. Mark's, and you did you coach all sports? Because remember, you talk about the three sports. You coach all seasons. Yeah, I missed
1: the fall season, and I jumped in with the varsity hockey team. I was an assistant coach, and then the JV head lacrosse coach in the spring.
0: Got it. Got it. How did that team, that, How'd that team do? How that team
1: do? I don't remember, <laughs> but man, it was fun. Oh, that's good. <laughs>
0: so then, did, did you go back to grad school? Then
1: I did. So once that year was over, I figured I should probably find something a little more permanent because that was part time coaching. Yeah, and there was no room in the German department, if you can imagine. Right, there was right. one yeah, teacher, and yeah, yeah. that yeah. covered it. Yeah. Um, so I reached out to my, my college coach, uh, assistant coach who had recruited me to Colgate. Um, she had moved on, actually never coached me at Colgate. She moved on, and she was at a place, Connecticut College.
0: All right. What and city I, is that in?
1: It's in New London, Connecticut. Where
0: in the, the little uh, rectangle of Connecticut is it? On the water. Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay, yeah. nice. Navy-based area. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: really, really cool little okay. city. Okay. Um, so I reached out to her and just said, hey, you know, I'd, I think I'd like to get into college coaching. I'm looking for a job. Do you have any contacts anyway? Right.
0: Networking. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Advice for me. And she said, this is probably July, August. Oh, really? Uh-huh. And she, I was painting houses on the Cape for a summer job while I was figuring it out. And uh, she said, I actually have an opening. Do you want to come work for me? And I said, yeah, absolutely. She said, all right, be here in like two days. And uh, the the pay was seven thousand dollars, free housing, free food, and a uh, free masters. So that's how I kind of sold it to my parents. Yeah, <laughs> the master's degree and
0: uh, and did you live in a dorm again.
1: Uh, we had a house. We were were we called intern? No, we were all grad assistants. Okay. So it was a bunch of coaches, my age, just out of college, uh, and they had a house for us right off of campus.
0: Did any of the people in that little housing system go on to be a division one coach no no that's pretty cool
1: yeah yeah that's that's a good point i hadn't thought i hadn't thought of that no they didn't yeah yeah
0: so you were the uh you were the captain now that's right right. Right? that's right (laughs) okay all right so okay so you connecticut college for cheers and just I know a lot of people who have gone through Connecticut College that never knew where it was until you told me. But it's a really tough school. It's a really yeah. good school academically. Yep. What was that like? Uh, was it was were the students different than Colgate? Were they about the same? Uh, was it much of a transition?
1: They were similar academically. Yeah, uh, D three we yep. were d3 at colgate until my final year i don't know if you know oh this, i did but not I was know there that for the transition to okay d1 cool and was an assistant captain on that d1 team um but so i would say the the kids at connecticut college super intelligent uh driven just a lower level of athletic ability right right but i i got along with them really well it was pretty similar
0: okay all right um and then after that i gotta hear how you got this job at umass boston so you had a you had a graduate degree
1: yeah so i graduated yeah and then it's time to figure the next what do step you need now <laughs> right right so i saw that this, it's either
0: that or painting houses right, right? exactly
1: like, always a good fallback yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: um i saw the job posting and i applied um probably early summer And by the time I got a phone call, again, it was close to August. And, you know, August school
0: starting pretty
1: quickly. And um, so I I took the interview and and got the job. And that was a very different campus community uh, experience than anything I was uh, built for. So that was a real eye-opener. I learned a ton about myself, about coaching, about life uh, during those five years.
0: Okay, so... Paint the picture for what you mean. I know what it is. I've actually st- stopped by, I was in Boston. I was on that stop a couple times. Yeah. Um, what's, the, the, what's the culture like at the school? Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know that that was the school where they have hockey. Where's the rink?
1: Right. It's, it's right in there, right next to the gym. It's um, a cool rink. It, it is surprising that they have it. It's an urban campus. And yeah. it's It was a commuter campus, so there yeah. were no dorms when I really? lived there. No dorms. So your players are driving in from various parts of the state uh, to come to classes every day.
0: And most of those commuters are staying with their parents.
1: Yeah. A lot of them lived at home. Um, once, once I got it going, we had apartment complexes in the area that we would help them. Yeah. Help them live at that sort of became dorms. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was just so different and uh, so challenging. I was 25 years old you know, a lot of them were 22, uh, first head coaching job. And some of the things that they were just going through had gone through in their lives was really, really intense stuff. So I grew a ton, uh, loved it. And that's really where I think I developed my passion for not only coaching, but the teaching part and helping people with their lives. Cause there were, there were a lot of stories I could have a whole show on some of the things I, yeah. I went through while there. Um, but we got the program going and, and very successful and um, I love seeing seeing where it is today.
0: All right, so question four I, I remember I don't even know if it was a Division three hockey coach might have been a basketball coach said to me once, um, I never know if they're um, coming to my school until the second week. <laughs> Never the first week. Yeah, anybody can show up the first week. Right. But once they've hit the second week of school, I know they're bought into attending class and being here. Right. And they're going to actually play the sport for me. True. And this was like at St. Thomas, right? So
1: it's good school and,
0: you know, a little bit more pretty well-adjusted kids, whatever. I can only imagine what it would be like being in your role. Did you have the similar kind of –
1: (laughs) You you,
0: you recruit this kid to come to your school, and she's like, "Uh, maybe not.
1: Well, you're you're much more than just a coach at a school like that. Guidance
0: counselor, probably. Yeah, big time.
1: Big time psychologist, uh, making sure... People are doing what they need to academically, getting there safely, cars breaking down. I mean, there's a variety of weird things that go. I can only
0: imagine how many mispractices because of car failure.
1: I know. But surprisingly, you know, one thing I think that people don't understand about D3 athletes is the absolute love for the sport. Yeah. Just pure. You know, they're not doing it for money. They're not doing it for what's coming after it's for right now it's for the players around them and man they didn't miss a lot of practices and i had to instill a lot of discipline during those years so we had a lot of them in the stands at times yeah uh, for a variety of things but man they they just loved it
0: interesting you said so there weren't a lot of kids uh looking up in the stands for mom or dad's approval
1: not necessarily no more more about the people next to them
0: yeah, yeah they wanted just, their approval yeah exactly That's pretty cool
1: it is really cool and i think d3 coaches do so much work you know um there is no operations director there's usually i had one assistant coach and it's a part-time position so you're you're doing the food if you want them to eat well you're planning the meals you're making sure the caterers show up you're getting the bus ready (laughs) you're doing the recruiting you're doing the fundraising we did car washes and all sorts of fun stuff you want a breast cancer event you're the one doing it um so i think it was such an important experience in my life
0: yeah yeah it almost must make you that much more have more gratitude for where you are right now
1: yes that's i i really appreciate my journey yeah Uh, nothing was handed to me yeah, I really earned my stripes, and I think it gives me a really valuable perspective. And I hope my staff feels appreciated because I so appreciate the work that they do. It's not expected. It's yeah something that um, I I try to always show the gratitude and show that I understand their roles because I've been in those ones too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> ops, I've done that stuff. Yeah. I haven't done much equipment, I'll say, but uh, those guys are phenomenal too.
0: Yeah. Okay. So how did we get to what made uh it you attractive to katie at at harvard to to move from a, when she's looking for a coach she gets the pick of the litter right and i'm not trying to pump have you pump your own tires but how did you get that job what were some of the things that were maybe led to that uh opportunity at harvard
1: yeah it was an interesting summer before uh starting at harvard I i wasn't planning on leaving umass boston but I knew they had an opening, and somebody had talked to me about that. I said, oh, that's interesting. Okay. Um, And then I got invited to work at the USA Hockey National event in Lake Placid. She was the head coach. I was going to be a camp coach.
0: Yep. And And there's lots of them. I was at the one in St. Cloud, and I saw all these just just clans of young women coaches earning their stripes.
1: This was... The top level. This was post Olympics 2010, and it was all those. It was with the senior national team. That's the camp. The obviously. 22s. No.
0: Oh, this was the
1: senior national. Oh no! Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Like the kids that all just went to Worlds that camp in August yeah. in Lake Placid, and it was post Olympics, so they weren't all excited to be there. But boy, I was excited because it was my first national team event, yeah. and she was the head coach and. Um, I was looking at the job at the time, so I was uh, feeling all this pressure. Like, Oh my god, I'm trying out to be like on the US staff, I'm trying out for the Harvard coach. Yeah. And obviously it went well because I remember doing an interview with her uh on the porch at the Lake Placid uh the, the dorms there that we stay at. And um I think we disconnected. I think she valued that i had been a head coach i wasn't looking to have the whistle and run all the drills i was okay if she Uh, wanted to do that yeah but i had the knowledge uh i had the confidence and i think the the people skills to help with the recruiting and um yeah that that kind of sealed the deal between that u.s camp and her getting to know me i remember we golfed up there and we just became friends as well as colleagues during that time at harvard
0: Okay. Um, what year was that? That was 10? 10, ten. ten. Yeah. So you worked together for four, three seasons, four seasons before she took the Olympic job?
1: Correct. Three, yeah, three, and then the Olympic year, and then one more for the national championship run.
0: All right, so... Yeah. <laughs> um i gotta hear about uh, how where you were when you found out you were going to get this interim position at harvard it's it's a cool asterisk in your resume like whoa what
1: it actually came up on the porch
0: no way yeah
1: no we were we were planning because i had another job opportunity at the same time to be a head coach at another d3 uh school really really good school and um she was trying to convince me to take the Harvard job and, and said hey if everything goes well here I'm lined up to be the the Olympic coach in 2014 that's like that's the plan um, and I'll need somebody to take over my Harvard program and that's what you can work towards and I was like ooh okay
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: where, where do I sign?
0: But isn't okay, I, I don't know this is a, uh, a question isn't isn't Harvard assistant d1 better than head coach d3 i don't know i'm just, I'm just you i like your response like, oh. It's it's 50 yeah, 50 right Yeah,
1: it depends on what you want long term you know yeah. I, that that job the d3 job would have probably been the final stop if i wanted it to it's a fantastic school yes um really good hockey program just you could go and you could live there forever yeah um or if you're ambitious like I was and yeah. am, uh, you see the D1 job as an opportunity to step up and continue to grow. You yeah. know that's what I I saw with with Katie, who's been coaching forever. She's a legend in the game. I have so much respect for her, and at that time, um, always was was enamored with her and her ability to to do well at Harvard, being a local kid. So um, I saw that as an opportunity that I couldn't turn up
0: right all right so um this is 2010 right mm-hmm. so i, I want to come back to this progress of women's game remember mm-hmm. 1988 you started the game <laughs> and there wasn't an girls hockey right right and, and then slowly but surely it became available to, to high school prep school kids and even in minnesota it's kind of progressing uh maybe a little faster because we have our our model here which is a little bit more open to everybody you know versus the prep right we'll we'll get to that later but um so you're here um how you know comparative 2022 to 2010 is it's night and day difference Mm -hmm. i mean the progress the game has made in 12 years yeah in 2010 could you visualize kind of where the game was going could you see it going
1: I think it was starting to turn. Did you feel it? It was starting to turn. It's just kind of like, where so. were you at that time, right, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I think uh, the speed of the game and the, the strength and the talent and the goaltending and, <laughs> you know, all of that stuff of in the things. last decade has really exploded.
0: Yeah. I'm just trying to think of the Olympics. The 14 Olympics, 2010 Olympics. This is where Canada is just crushing. Yes, right. Yes, I mean, this is their run. Yep, right. Um, <laughs> fourteen was the uh, the the hit posts mm-hmm. Olympics. Okay, sorry. I got all right. All yep. right. Oh. This is where I think I really twenty fourteen is where I started. In. Yeah. Like oh yeah, the the switch is on. The yeah. switch was by twelve or thirteen. I had daughters that played, and okay. they had heroes, and you know, so the f- switch is on by taking it to ten. I think the sport is it's on its way. Yes. Right?
1: Yes. Definitely. they I mean a lot of the players that played for multiple years were on that 10 team, right? Right. Like, a lot of those Wisconsin Badgers were getting going. Mark was the coach. Yep. Um so yeah. Yeah, it was it was emerging. They were big strong. You know, that yes. that's kind of the the flow of the game, you know, 98, 02, 06 big strong. Yeah. Everybody was just Strong, yes, um, and and super talented too. But it's evolved into more dynamic skill, skill, speed, um, and and again, I think goaltending yeah. is superb the big difference <laughs> yeah. it's huge it's yeah. users
0: and there's so many good ones yes. you have a really good one here by yes, the way we'll get lucky. to maybe yeah. get to her later <laughs> all right all right so back back on track yep. jumping off tracks yep. a little 2010 bit here 2010ish okay yep. so what a great opportunity mm-hmm. um were you ever nervous as a coach at harvard to maybe not fulfill that expectation to get to 2014 or were you super comfortable and confident
1: i would say more comfortable confident yeah i just believed in myself and um i really dug into the recruiting that i think as an assistant coach a lot of assistants will say or people in podcasts will say what do you think the most important thing is to tell a, a young assistant coach you you recruit 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 you know get to the rink early stay late make phone calls uh do what you need to do because that's how you change a program as an assistant that's the biggest way you can make an impact and so that's that's what i did and we got it going there
0: okay i talk about the one it's gonna be one of the hardest places to recruit isn't it i
1: disagree i disagree
0: Come on, tell me. Let's go. You pick up
1: the phone. Hi, Tony. This is so-and-so from from Harvard University. We love you as a player.
0: I only have a 24 on my ACT.
1: All right. Well, you're only a sophomore, so (laughs) let's get working on it because back then, right that back then we could do early recruiting yeah and, and so uh, we we dug into the whole process all right yeah 24 as a sophomore we've got t- 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 six more opportunities we'll get you to to that take wasn't that
0: 28 like <laughs> wasn't that the number i've heard yeah to i've be a heard a pretty that. good
1: player but yeah there's a right there's a system
0: okay so okay, there's that part of it and yep. then it's really expensive
1: yes yes it is but it's a Golden opportunity to <laughs> I go. I feel like I'm the talking b- to the salesperson. <laughs> to go yeah. to the best university in the world, you know? Yeah. If people really, you know, we were talking about the jackets before. When you walk around in that jacket, boy, yeah. yeah. Moms and dads get they really excited that. to see that. Um, so I think they have an automatic uh bonus when it comes to recruiting, but then the actual process is is challenging. You yeah. really have to work at it daily with the, the kids and the families to make sure they're on track.
0: Yeah. And now,
1: ac- now that you can't recruit, it's, it's Even hard. Even trickier, yeah,
0: I bet. Yeah, hard. yeah. And then, oof, how do I ask this without, you kind of have to know what the W-2 of the parents look like too, <laughs> right? To some degree, you got to look at their you know, athletics. Yep. Can they afford it maybe because there's going to be some costs. Yep. And then um, academics too.
1: Yes, I would say I don't remember the financials getting in the way further down the line. So on the first couple of phone calls, you get a sense if the family's not interested in having to pay. And it, it just gets cut off soon. Yeah. Um, once you're working with families, either they're going to do well. I mean, the financial aid, if you qualify, is through the roof. They yeah,
0: I believe Plenty
1: that. of money for you. Um, so those people did well, and then there are people that, invest in education and understand the value of it so i guess my recollection is is that financials weren't a huge deterrent
0: okay you said here's a trick question for you you said it was it was uh you got a lot of people's attention you Mm -hmm. call them from harvard what about umd same thing same thing
1: same thing but different you get the attention because we're a hockey hotbed
0: all right um yeah
1: you know and that's that's what everybody knows everybody knows the national championships on both sides yeah you know on both sides and currently what's been going on here
0: well I think you have the most correct
1: not anymore not anymore of all women women yeah no
0: did uh, another red school catch you I
1: think so yeah
0: all right yeah Wisco I think it's right I six yeah all right mm-hmm. so you have five um we'll, we'll get we'll come back to umd here in a minute um so so what was the experience like at harvard being the interim head coach it was like it was it kind of like uh principal for a day or <laughs> what, what was it like uh,
1: a little bit uh extended though um it was amazing uh, just an incredible opportunity no one else had coached harvard hasn't coached harvard in almost 30 years now Right. So that was a amazing uh, just opportunity in general. Um, the reality was Coach Stone was gone. Uh, top defenseman was on the team. Two, sorry, two top defensemen were also gone with the Olympics. And a top forward <laughs> was gone with the Olympics. Our captain, uh, returning captain, had to take the season off because of concussion stuff. So we were we were depleted the f- a little bit yeah so it um it it could have gone a, a different way entirely but i think we had a fearless attitude about it and and you know a little bit of a chip on our shoulders about you know people thinking that you know we're not going to be much of anything right and uh just the right combination of players and staff to to get it done and make a quarterfinal run in the tournament yeah it worked yeah. out great it was pretty awesome Awesome. Um
0: when it was over katie comes back was it a relief or was it kind of sadness
1: i was okay you know i i don't have a massive ego i don't know if you've yeah. picked up on that and that's her baby you know yeah. so i was happy that i did so well that she could be proud of what we did that was important to me right. like i always want to impress uh her and make sure that the trust that she instilled in me was, was valued. And, um, so I was proud of what we did and I was excited for the next season because we were, we were stacked.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So what was that like the next season, you know, kind of going back to the assistant role and and everyone coming back and, and and a great finish too.
1: Yeah. Uh, Like I said, I was happy to be in whatever role. I think that's what I'm, I'm usually good at, um, wherever you need me um and i think bringing everybody back that gets complicated right you know you had your first line last year it's not your first line this year (laughs) no no um so that gets that gets tricky but it all got sorted out and uh, by the second semester we didn't lose much no no no
0: um, where was the national championships that year? Minneapolis. Uh, how the feeling was, <laughs> um, and, and walk through that whole process winning there.
1: <laughs> well, we lost there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, the season, the highlights BC was really good that year. Yeah. I don't know if that was, I think they were undefeated for like a long Most time. Of the year, yeah. 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 And then we met them in the bean pot and they had beaten us, I want to say seven to Seven to two or something in right. the fall, and we beat them in the Bean Pot, and it was thrilling. And that was February, right. and then we faced them again in the semifinal of the Frozen Four. Yep, beat them to go to the national championship against the Gophers, and we lost against the Gophers. Um, and this
0: is the Sammy Reber reunion yes. game, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep.
1: Yes, um, Sammy Reber, Hillary Crow. Those yeah, are some notable Minnesotans. Um, but what a run! You know, for, for Harvard to get to the national championship, I think whenever they can do that is incredible. Yeah. For all the reasons we talked about, you know, the it's really hard to get in. It's really hard to succeed in hockey. And, uh, yeah, the so Gophers I, were good that year. Too. I, I
0: did a podcast with Sammy, and she said it was like an outer body experience, having all of her friends there to cheer for her. Yep. And then to play against all of the kids that she grew up playing against. It was just yeah. like, ah. So much you know, going on. So much going yeah. on. Yeah, head. it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. All right, so walk through. So after that season, um, turmoil here, we'll just use that word, it, mm-hmm. at UMD happens. And I, I don't want to talk about the turmoil at all. I want to talk about you getting hired here, yep. which is fantastic. I think it was a great hire, but it was also you had to come in and kind of clean up what was from what was left behind. I got to know that first year what it was like to kind of – face that and not being one of us it's the old you know Minnesota oh, yeah. is very I always say there's like a 10 year rule like it takes you <laughs> 10 years to become a Minnesotan yep if you marry someone from Minnesota you get about a four year break on that it's like a little discount on yes. that right yes that's totally. true
1: I know I'm at eight years, so <laughs> eight years nice I got some more to do <laughs> uh,
0: yeah if you win a national championship you get t- a two okay. year discount okay. on that okay. one so next year it. you're not gonna, get in you're it, gonna but... win next year anyway so you're gonna be fine you're gonna get it sure. right under that 10-year that number okay (laughs) all right so what was like coming here
1: unbelievable Um, the opportunity it happened really quickly after the national championship I think I was here by mid-may maybe May 1st I don't know it was really fast I had never been to to Duluth until my my interview and I think I said yes shortly after like a week after it was like a fast timeline Um, and you know, people might. Now, a lot of people were like, "Minnesota Duluth." Whoa, that's really far. You know, you've never left right. New we England. said you had a yeah, two-state. Two <laughs> I was limit. in a small radius. Yeah. Um, but I, I love that. It kind of like the German major. I like going against the grain. I like doing things that other people won't. Yeah. Uh, the unexpected, and what a home run of a job. Yeah. I mean, one of the best programs in the country opportunity to be a D1 coach in the WCHA, it it wasn't that hard of a decision.
0: Not really. I, it, when you look at your resume here, and one of the times, I'm not sure which job it was, well, I, want, I was aspiring, mm-hmm. right? You're mm-hmm. definitely an aspiring coach. Well, right. if you're aspiring, the WCHA is... Definitely when you look at the, its track record is a phenomenal league to be in. And and then once you saw the facility mm-hmm. here, I mean it was just like, you know, yeah. where do I sign? Exactly. Where you were you were reaching in your purse or your back <laughs> backpack for, for a pen. pen. <laughs> like, where's a pen? I'll sign. Right?
1: Definitely. Yeah, that was the highlight of the visit was uh, was coming to Amsoil and, and seeing it for the first time. And I still get goosebumps when I walk into the rank. After being away for a little bit, I think it's uh, one of the most special places around the country. I've been into a lot of rinks, and a lot of them have charm, and a lot of them have modern amenities. I think Amsoil is, is somewhere right in the middle, and it's perfect
0: well it has all of the things you talk about i yeah. think it's got charm i mean considering where you're located yes. i mean it, it's phenomenal and you talk about chills i got chills too pulling into the building today and walking in this private little entrance yes. and being greeted by you and scott it was just like i kind of got chills cool and then he kind of give me the a little bit of a tour i can yeah. get a little bit of tour from you guys from you as well but it was like this is badass it is (laughs) sorry it It is is just it is no
1: it is so awesome yes it is and I I like that it's private down here that not everybody can can come and see it you sort of need an invite and that makes it feel even more exclusive and you know when you walk out into the rink the smell the look the feel it's just top-notch
0: it's funny that you just said that part you got chills because it is it's that cool of a spot you know how you know and you talk about recruiting when recruits come here to Mm -hmm. on a visit they must just their eyes must pop out of their head
1: (laughs) it's pretty awesome especially when the sun's shining and a Nice summer the day. lake like the, behind the you. Lake. I, I don't have to say much. Here right? <laughs> you go. Here you go.
0: Well, let's talk about that a little bit. I want we'll, – we'll jump off the track again and talk about UMD and its greatness and things like that. But, like, you talked about the hockey school, mm-hmm. you know – Let's not kid ourselves. Three of your biggest competitors are Big Ten schools. Right. Wisconsin, Ohio State, Minnesota. And if you look back, who's won a lot of national championships in the last 10 years, it's those schools. Now, now Ohio State's jumped into it, right? Yep. Um, how do we differentiate ourselves from those schools um, from a recruiting perspective and, and from just a competitive perspective? Start with the recruiting, right. and then we'll go, how do we compete once the puck drops, Right, right.
1: right. Yeah, I think we're very different, and I like that we're very different. Kind
0: of like you, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. That's you know, right. you talked about German major, right? Yeah. <laughs> you right. be a little unique. <laughs> yes. And
1: um, I think we are truly a hockey town. When, yeah. When our kids walk around, people know who they are. They know their number. They say good game. I hear stories all the time, whether it's CVS, a gas station. Um, it's a hockey community, and I love that. I don't think there's anywhere else in the country that's like Duluth. Um, especially if you're a hockey player. So we have that going on. I think um, we're a part of the University of Minnesota system. So your degree is University of Minnesota, but we have the small class sizes, that really nice relationship between faculty and students where they know each other, they come to games, they go out for coffees. Uh, They're really engaged in our players' lives. And Duluth as a community is just beautiful and the people are super friendly
0: <laughs> i was going to get to that in a second I, you you stole my thunder there but i wanted to get to the part about the student body and how small of a campus it is mm-hmm. compared to the, the three we were just mentioning right. or just their behemoths right. right yes um walk through that 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 that, that the, the touch points that yeah. the students and the players have together
1: I think it's important when you go to college everybody wants something different here you're going to see familiar faces you're going to you're going to run into people that watched your game you're going to run into people that you have class with that you're going to hang out with on the weekends and I think that small feel is is great for parents when they're sending kids off to college I think it makes them feel good okay, this Duluth community, they take care of each other. It's small, it's close-knit, and they love hockey. Yeah. And, um, so you get that big celebrity feel as a, as a female athlete as well as special. a male athlete, yeah, which yeah. is really special. And uh, people know who you are, and I think that helps, especially in today's day and age where you know, people are ha- having a hard time figuring out who they are and finding right. their way. This is a great place because people take care of each other.
0: Is the whole the Duluth, I mean, just the, the tourism in this town, mm-hmm. um, it's a f- great place to visit. Um, is, do you ever have a struggle, people getting to come here in the winter to visit and to see, you know, all the things that are here in the winter?
1: Well, you know, we're a little busy in the winter, so when it comes to visits, it's usually in the...
0: Summer? Yeah, really? summer,
1: fall. Uh, okay. You know, and by the winter they're usually already coming here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's awesome in the winter. You know, yeah. there aren't too many places like like Duluth with the outdoor activities. It's definitely not a sleepy town in the no. winter. We max out what you can do. Yes, it's cold, but it's cold in a lot of places. We're in the rink <laughs> most yeah, of the time, anyway. Rink to car to classes. They've got tunnels on campus, um, and I think it's just gorgeous with the lake.
0: Yeah. Um, talk about the Minnesota Nice. Uh, wh- what's your take on it? I, <laughs> I, I hear people, you know, I heard, I was listening to another podcast. They are talking about Midwest Nice, but it is Minnesota Nice. And, mm-hmm. and I, I used to think it was super fakey, like, oh, that's fakey, that's fakey. But now the longer I'm here and I travel for my job quite a bit, and it's like, no, these, most of these people are truly being nice. Genuine.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think you can figure out who, who is and, and who isn't.
0: It's not hard. No,
1: it's not hard. Um, I think you. when I'm driving around, that's when I first notice it, you know, a four-way stop.
0: Yeah. No,
1: oh, you go. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. No. I'm starting and stopping, trying to figure out who's going. to I never just, thought of that. It just happened this weekend, and I, I chuckled to myself because, you know, out in Boston, you gas it. <laughs> yes you know, yes so. that's so funny uh, it starts I was, there i
0: was in a restaurant recently and leaving and this guy was walking in and i grabbed the door to hold it for him and he grabbed the door to hold it for me And he goes it was a minnesota nice showdown is what he called it that's hilarious. i was like i've never heard that i'm yes. gonna use that someday yes. that was just this weekend so yeah. Yeah, yeah i i think it is somewhat genuine yeah no
1: definitely i think when you're talking to people, they, they're they super inquisitive and they actually care about the answers. Yeah. You know, you know, where are you from? Oh, and they want to know where you're living in town because they know somebody in your neighborhood. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think, you know, in other places, people ask questions and they're not listening.
0: They so just zoom yeah. right by you.
1: Yes. And they tell such good stories. Really? You, know, you learn about the community when you talk to people from around here. Yeah. You know, they, they, a lot of them have been here forever. So, oh, back in the day. The
0: oh, yeah. It's
1: pretty neat. I,
0: off camera, I asked if you knew who Neil Broughton was. Right. And yeah. what was your response was priceless. <laughs> you said, I have to learn. Yeah, you what have to you learn
1: the Minnesota folklore.
0: <laughs> you <laughs> right? do? Yes. You do? Yes. So, like, even... Knowing some of these gophers that have played Olympics, it's part of our female hockey yeah. folklore. You know, your Natalie Darwitzes of the world, yes. you know, like they are a big part. And Jenny yeah. Potter's Absolutely. another one. You know, like they're big parts. So I got a little even love there, you <laughs> know, right? Yeah, <laughs> right? But it's like there's part of the folklore. For sure. Right? For and, sure. and in order to recruit here and being from Massachusetts, you kind of got to learn the lingo.
1: You do. You know? And I think it's important that I want to. You know, yeah. I want to know and I want to be in the loop and I don't want to be just this person from the East Coast who's here. I want to be in it.
0: And that's why it might take us 10 years yeah. to gain trust, yeah, you know, because exactly. she's going to leave us exactly. for Harvard. Oh
1: my God. She's going to take the Harvard job, you know. Well, I was renting a place for a few years here. No, <laughs> and like, really? You haven't bought yet? I'm like, I'm working on it. It's <laughs> not <laughs> easy. Yeah, I gave me some time. Yeah, wow. Oh, she bought a house, hey? Yeah, she's here. <laughs> she's here to
0: stay. It's, yeah. well, well, that, that's good. That's good. All right, so let's talk a little bit about uh, the last couple years, your program, last. Couple years, uh, th- I mentioned in the intro, uh, three NCAA appearances. But the one I like most is last year, State College. You finished fourth in the league, mm-hmm. but you finished second in the country. What does that tell you about your league?
1: Yeah, it tells you everything. It's super challenging, and I always say it's the best league in the country. And I've actually been in another league, and I, I've lived out east, so I feel like when I say it, it's genuine. Um, I think the competition out here is just incredible, and I think there are a lot of reasons why. Um, and the proof is in the pudding when you when you throw out a stat like that.
0: Yeah. So you have um, in Minnesota, there's now an additional school, six Division One schools. Yeah. Um, we're gonna get to Michigan in a second, <laughs> um, but. Um, It's a, it's a, it's a good thing and a bad, it's a kind of a double-edged sword, right? You're, you're in a, you're in a hotbed of hockey. Um, There's, you know, how many, we have 60, 12A hockey teams in the state, 60 of them. That's fantastic, it's right? That yep. tells you how many girls that are playing at the top level mm-hmm. here in Minnesota, and now that's their goal is to play for you, yep. and they're getting better and better and better and better. And you saw it. Uh, I think your your U eighteen. How many Minnesotans did you have on your U eighteen World Championship team? I think Probably it was ten. Was it yeah. more than ten? Right? I
1: don't know.
0: It was a lot. Yeah, it was a, lot. a lot of them were yep. on Minnesota, and. You're now entrenched in this culture uh, of of Minnesota kids. Uh, Tell me about how exciting that is and how challenging it is all at the same time. Right. So I'm sure it's challenging.
1: Well, it's more competitive with the addition of St. Thomas, but I think that's good. Mm -hmm. And I think more opportunity for for girls to find places to play is awesome. Um, And I think we're all a little bit different.
0: Yeah, we are different. Yes, and
1: that's that's kind of the beauty of the the later recruiting. I think it's it's challenging in a lot of ways, but there's a lot of good in it, and that's one of them is, you know, go take your time, go research schools, find out the difference because we're all just because we're in the WCHA doesn't mean we're all the same. Right. Um. So I think when there's a nice fit for you know both sides, people can figure it out, and yeah, it's more competitive, and that's that's a good thing.
0: So when here's a recruiting question for you. When you're recruiting, uh, what, where do you put your priorities? Obviously, skill is skill and attitude, character, some of those obvious ones. Yeah. But do you think about where they're from as a as a factor?
1: We do. I think it's important to take into account what kind of league they're playing in, the competition they're playing against, who they play with every day, who their coaches are. We think about those things. I think it's important.
0: And and the reason I'm fascinated by this is we we host an event, and there's a lot of Western Canadian kids come down and I watch. They're really good players. And I'm like, how can these Western Canadian kids, just for an example, it could be kids from L.A. too, because there's some great girls hockey players there. How do these girls show up for a Minnesota division, one of these prime WCHA? How can they show up and look good? for these kids. How how do you do that, you know? And and then I think then I think well there's 200 girls as good as these kids from Western Canada. Why don't we just take the one here? She's a lot less apt to leave if something doesn't work out, right? Do you yeah. see where I'm going with oh, this? Yeah. Like yeah, there's so be- many like factors yes. in and when you when you have five to six or seven scholarships to give out every year how yep. do you choose how do you think through that you know oh,
1: it's fun that's the best <laughs> part it's a puzzle it's yeah. figuring out what you have on the team that year what what complementary players you're yes. trying to find do you need some first liners do you need third liners second deep pair? yeah what are we looking for personality and character is important um you know family upbringing is important. If, if you check off the boxes, like you say, if the yeah. skills are good and all of the on-ice things are there, I think, you know, I want to find winners. I like winners. Yeah. And um, so I, I look into those sorts of things. Where, who's winning? Is anyone winning state championships? Have they been on U18 teams? Whatever, club teams? Other sports, are they winning? Uh, did that, does that fuel them? Because I think there's a certain DNA that I like, um, and it's surrounded by competitiveness, passion and winning
0: i like it that's we might clip that <laughs> yeah, one out. that's, that's the gonna one. make the clip that's gonna make the clip right there <laughs> and that wasn't designed i'm just exactly. curious i'm because yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated and some of these western canadian girls are fantastic players yeah. or the kids from and i mean by like you're when i say western canadian i mean just not minnesota right and then and not state. normally on the rosters of these Minnesota teams. I'm right. like, how did they get up here, this Potomac girl? How did right. they get here and right. what, what jumps out? And I think, obviously, if you if they make, uh, you get the girl from Louisiana who just made the U18 camp, you know, like, mm. it's fascinating right. to me to right. see
1: how do they get here yeah. and then
0: is that attractive? You right. know, like, she made, I think she was in 07, and she made the, the U18 camp in St. Cloud. Okay. To me, that just... It's like wow, I want right. to watch this girl play, right. and then how do you, she get attracted to yeah. a, a Harvard or a UMD right. or some a school like right. that? It's fascinating how that
1: it is. A lot of it, though, if you look at maybe not the Louisiana girl, but Western Canadians kind of go in packs a little yes. bit. You know, if they've got older kids on their team that go to certain schools, yeah, they tend to follow. Western Canada is great for the WCHA if they want to stay reasonably close to home. So we do pretty well up there. Yeah. Um, And then you just build that reputation. Yeah. And they pay attention to what's going on, you know, who's in the – it's usually the tournament it seems like you got to get into the tournament for people to really pay attention Yes, <laughs> to pay attention absolutely yeah.
0: absolutely speaking of the tournaments uh, we have eleven teams in the tournament now right can you explain to the listeners you know you were involved in that uh, that program and that process in the committee? explain us how that how we got there uh, from a women's hockey perspective
1: Sure yeah it was
0: And 11 teams I, mean, I
1: know I know but it's better than I suppose 11s eight. is better than 8 it's yes It's better than 8 we needed to grow it hadn't grown in I forget how many years now but way too many So right. as our sport has grown the the championship was not so we were leaving really good teams back home and uh, you know you wonder what if So we made a big push. Uh, We used data, which is always important, and uh, it was access ratios. So how many teams are getting in based on how many teams play. And we compared ourselves with men's hockey, among other sports as well, to show that our numbers were were too stingy in terms of how many teams we were sending. Um, And I think it was the right time with what the NCAA was going through. With the women's basketball tournament and <laughs> all of that stuff, we kind of piggybacked uh, on that, and and we got it done. And it was kind of a miracle that it happened last season. Uh, we thought it wouldn't happen until this season, right. but again, because of all that momentum, it happened. And you know, it's it's crazy because we were the eighth seed, and if it was not an expansion year, we wouldn't have been in the tournament, and we made the you national been out. championship yeah. game. So. I think... you made a
0: case already.
1: A really good case. Yeah, people, we got a lot of text messages.
0: (laughs) Okay, I'm glad you brought up the uh, NCAA women's basketball thing. Yeah. One of the worst things but also one of the best things you think about sometimes some you got to have experience really, really bad in order to get things and talk about a, you can use that as a weapon. Like we don't want this in our sports, you know, and it's funny. I I told you off camera, like I had seen the differences in the facilities at the university of Minnesota by running the camp. And they were like, well, we're, we're slowly, but surely. And, And, and I'm sure the athletic department, at the university of Minnesota is saying, well, Uh, you do have your own rink, you know, you do have (laughs) your own sheet of ice. Right. So, but at the same time, the comparisons between the men's and women's is staggering. Mm -hmm. Um, Which leads me to my next question is this, this thing about Michigan. It just, nothing pains me more than to see Yost Arena without a women's team in it. And then I read an article this week about their club team doesn't even have a A storage facility for the club team and the women's club team has to pay for their rental ice. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's almost as bad. I mean, it's just. My point is, it's glaring. Right from a school who has 110,000 people. That's it's a very profitable athletic department. Correct. And it just got more profitable ten within the last ten days with the seven to ten billion dollar. Yeah. Right. You know it's time for women's hockey in Michigan and it it would be one thing if it were Alabama, Mm -hmm. but Michigan women's hockey is an, a a hotbed of hockey. There's plenty of good hockey players in Illinois and Michigan to support that. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I, I would leave the latest Michigan men's hockey drama out of the whole story because the story – They're is, not related. No, but I think people are trying, They're trying to, to say, to. like, oh, yeah. let's bring a women's program out of the dust of that, and that, that doesn't sit well with me. I, I think the story has been there for years. You know, we've been, we talked off camera. This has been going on for a long time, but sometimes that exposure from people within it, like you said, the, the players there that – that wrote the story about what was really going on. Sometimes that's what kickstarts things. Yeah, and, uh, tons of players in Michigan. I mean, tons of, tons of girls players in Michigan, and and it's over overdue for sure. And I I gotta believe it's coming soon.
0: Yeah, it's gotta be coming soon. I was like I said, I was in St. Cloud, and you see all those little Caesars Breezers, <laughs> yeah. and you're just going, wow, yeah. there could be a great program at yeah. one of these you know schools right. here, and they all have how many men's programs are there? There's in the up and there's
1: five there's western northern michigan, michigan yeah State. lots
0: yeah. yeah there are lots of yeah. men's programs there's it's about time someone comes to the plate yep. on the men on the women's side um okay next ncaa rules discussion here yes. is the transformation is that what it called yes. transformation very
1: good transformation committee Whew. <sighs>
0: It's a big word. Yeah. And explain to – you explain it, and I'll you know, give you a couple questions off of it. What came about uh, last spring in Naples at the ACHA meetings?
1: Yeah, it was uh, fascinating. Times are changing very quickly with the NCAA kind of spearheaded off of the name, Im- image, and likeness yes. stuff and is continuing to go in the direction of uh, what's best for the student-athlete, which is – Is really great it's just opening tons of of boxes um, and and some of the things that have been discussed are um, eliminating the number of coaches uh, the restriction on the number of coaches you can have uh, eliminating the restriction on the number of scholarships you can have on a team um, you know just providing more benefits to student-athletes in general for a variety of things so it's all financial.
0: Yeah. Okay. Right. So, <laughs> if I'm if I got this right, um, this strikes me when I read when I read all of this, all it does is strike me is that the r- richer schools will get richer and the poorer schools will get poorer. Because if you can add, if you have eighteen is the limit now, yep. right? Yep. If I can, let's say I have twenty six players. If I'm the Big Ten school mm-hmm. and I can go to twenty six. players full scholarships, and you're still back in 18-ville. Right. They're going to take eight more players from you, and the competitive balance becomes uneven. That's – I would be breaking out in a sweat if I'm a non-Big Ten <laughs> school. Fair fair, fair statement?
1: It, it's definitely concerning in some ways. I, I would argue, though, with 26 full scholarship kids, you're going to have your hands full. <laughs> oh, there could the, you imagine the phone calls? six on the ice if you yes. include the goalie at once. Yes. So, um, Yeah, that number is a bit big, but um, I'm
0: just throwing it out there. Yeah, no,
1: I know what you're saying, and I think it's definitely something we have to think about, and the parity of the game, the pureness of the purity of the game that we all love on the women's side. Some of those things might might change as the NCAA deregulates.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, what is the? And and again, this is a raw question, no preparation whatsoever. Help explain this employee thing right? versus student-athlete. I don't even understand. Like, is this just as a wording thing, or is there going to actually be some legalities with this as well?
1: I think it's way down the line. Um, but essentially, if we are paying for all of these things in addition to the scholarships and the, all these benefits, then why aren't they considered employees? And, yeah, Oof. I think it does come with legal Issues and all sorts of things. So I, hope, I hope that can gets kicked away down the road. Man,
0: that seems messy. It does. And then we don't even call them student athletes, truly?
1: Apparently. I mean, I think they'll always be student-athletes. Students but and they'll be athletes. It be, might athletes. be in, in the, you know, maybe in their NLIs and things like that. They might have more explanations.
0: And now you said NLI, yeah, not, not NIL. NIL. <laughs> no, careful.
1: No, the National Letter <laughs> of Intent, the contract they, would then because that they The contract
0: would be that they were would be employees and right. not student-athletes. I suppose athletes. they could Oof, be terminated or something, too.
1: I know. Oof, never thought right. of that. Right, right. Yeah, it's all that. I think, though, a lot of people – are talking about that instead of the good. I think some of this stuff is good for students, For sure. Right? You know, and the media only wants to talk about the bad, right? Right. So that's like extreme. I think that's way down the road. I could be naive, but I don't, (laughs) I don't see that happening. I think if we can add coaches and add scholarships, if schools are able to to do that or just be creative, I think we we are a place that we're really creative in what we do uh, to compete. And um, I think, more resources for student athletes is always good
0: yeah it is absolutely okay let's talk a few more minutes on the future of women's hockey we've talked about when you began the current and now we'll go to the future um i think the future is very bright uh for women's hockey um there are tons of great talented players um the pwhpa and and the phf whatever that is, whatever's happening there, that's not, not, not it's none of our business, but it's our business to understand, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think once that gets figured out, uh, and I think it will get figured out soon, sooner than later. Yes. Um, how exciting would it be for a Manny McMahon or Gabby Hughes to play a professional, make a living playing professional hockey? So the current I talked about these 12A girls that are, are in Minnesota yep. can look to them and go, I remember watching Centennial in the state <laughs> final. Mm-hmm. She was my favorite player. Right. You know, because yeah. that's the, how it works, right? Yep. I was a little kid, watched Neil Broughton, my favorite. You know, like yep. I had a role model. Now we are going to have these collegiate role models. Right. And playing at the pro level. And that all that does is make the sport. It's going to make everybody's sport way better right. once we get that professional level. It's going to make the parents crazier. <laughs> <laughs> I already no, know that. I hadn't thought about yes, that. <laughs> it will. I, I promise you. Because I always because I do boys and girls, yeah. right? Yeah. The boys' parents are crazier. Not not, not saying the girls aren't. Yeah. Because there's the pros. Right. Little Johnny can make it to the pros. Right. And there's lots of pro leagues and pro hockey. Mm-hmm. Well, girls, it's little Jenny can maybe make the Olympics. Right, right. Right? Totally. Once there's a living and they're making a six-figure salary playing the sport they love. Yeah. And there's lots of them playing, the parents will get crazier. Good.
1: Look forward to that. I do too.
0: I do too. <laughs> so do I. I love that. I love that. So what is your take on it? What what do you think uh the future is? Explain kind of what your vision is. Sure. You know, we're talking we talked about what it was like in 2010 to 2022, what's yep. it, what's 2032 look like? You have a daughter, Blake, what does, yeah. what does her future look like? Yeah. I'm assuming she plays hockey. Oh, I
1: think she will, but <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it up to her, right? Yes. That's what I'm supposed to say. Yes, yes. Uh, um, I think, you know, the sky's the limit. I think, um, you know, sponsorship, opportunities, more exposure, we're dipping into that stuff right now. I think that's really where we need to go. We got to make sure we're getting people in the stands. We got to make sure we can get TV games. Um, the broadcasts need to be professional. The camera work needs to be professional. Because when people watch it, whether you've seen it before or not, I think it's impressive. It's a fun sport. I think the personalities of the athletes that you mentioned, as well as others, I think people can really um, cling cling to it, you know, and, and buy into their story and learn about their families and how they got to where they are. I think, I think there's a lot to sell. Um, and I think we're just scratching the surface right now. Um, and you mentioned the two professional leagues. Hopefully they can sort it out, become one, or, or maybe not. Maybe two is fine, and, and they get it going. And I want those leagues to be pro leagues. I want the ranks to be nice. I want the locker rooms to be nice, yeah. the uniforms to be nice, the broadcast availability uh, to see the games. All of those things need to come along with it. And, and once they do – I think um, the salaries will continue to increase. They just exploded last year. Yes. Uh, some of my players are doing fantastic for, for next season. I'm really excited about that. And I think um, once, once you see that product, if, if people have it, once you see it, you're going to like it and, and it's going to keep growing.
0: One last thing I w- want to just expound on this and then the, some of the realities. I think it was Kelly Panic. I was talking with her. Uh, And she said, the minute I, the the day after I was a gopher was the hardest day because the treatment I got at the University of Minnesota, insert UMD, insert, I had everything. Mm -hmm. I had equipment, I had trainers, I had coaches, I had access to ice, I had all these things. I was a queen for four years or whatever it was. And the minute... I was done. They cleaned my locker out, <laughs> sent me out the pack <laughs> the box. Sad story. She didn't say it that way. She didn't say that. Yeah, she didn't no. say that. I wasn't quoting her. But you get the M- idea. I was yeah. giving you the yeah. visual yes. of like now I gotta buy my sticks right. and I gotta do this. And, right. and then and then that's same for the the men too. They're on their own. But again, most of them are signing pro deals and getting some you know, some better access to yeah. hockey is what she was saying. Right. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean it, it it's it's a great sales pitch for you you know (laughs) it is come here and you're gonna be a queen for four years well
1: we always say this is your nhl this is it you know uh these four years and and that's something we take a lot of pride in as coaches i want this to be an unbelievable experience for my student athletes and uh i wake up every day thinking about how how to do that um how to inspire how to motivate how to push how to get the most out of them and um I think that's been a big part of our sales pitch, as, as you mentioned. And if it expands into pro hockey, let's make it really pro hockey where you don't have to sweat where you're getting your sticks and <laughs> where you're going <laughs> to work out. And, and so that's the goal. That's the next 10 years is, is pro hockey being fully pro.
0: I think we're going to get there. I think so, I too. I think we're going to get there. And uh, hopefully we'll be there 10 years from now. We'll that's be right. laughing about it. That's
1: everything. right. <laughs> We'll have to do another one of yes, these.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, well, this was an awesome time. Yes. I really enjoyed getting to meet you and, and, and learn more about you, your background, your family, the family you're here with UMD. Um, it's been a blast. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks Maura so much Kroll. for
1: coming up. Yeah,
0: Maura Kroll, UMD head coach.